Welcome back to RC Stuff, powered by Hobby Wing. I'm Jordan Temkin. I'm here with my co-host, Charlie Swanka. Hi, everybody. Uh, what are we talking about today, Charlie? You and I have been in Daytona Beach, Florida for several days. I'd say, what is this day? Three, four? four? Four days now we've been together, hanging out in this wonderful rental house that you found for us. Mm -hmm. It was great. We got to spend some time with Code Red, Cody Matson himself. If you haven't looked up Code Red on the interwebs yet, we suggest that you do that immediately. Yeah, do it right now. He has done some cliff dive stuff with some Red Bull wingsuit guys. Mm -hmm. He has done some amazing nighttime footage and uh, building dives and all sorts of really cool stuff. So And he's just got this real creative attitude. If you if you like to laugh. Yeah, he makes some really yeah. funny videos that you're like, who? How did you think of that? Right. So we got to hang out with uh, Code Red for a couple days. And after that, the pro division of the Multi-GP Championships kicked off. Yes, it did. And we've been here through practice and qualifying. And we would like to get into some of the awesomeness that we've seen so far. Right, right. So today was the end of qualifying. That's why we're recording this right now. Uh, currently, I believe, Evan Turner, uh, Mr. Heads Up FPV, he is TQ with a 56.07. Yeah, 56.07, um, which, you know, if you don't know the track, that doesn't mean anything to you. But uh, to put it into perspective, in practice and whatnot, the day before, they were getting, what, 105, 108s. So just in a day, they've cut down 10 seconds right. or so, which is really, really impressive. Uh, and I believe right at behind him is Alex Vanover. Um, I think he's just a half a second Bare, back. Yeah, it's it's second not much. Or less. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're they're going really fast. They're all incredible pilots. Um, the lines that they're flying are amazing. The track layout is yes. super fun to watch. And Jordan got to fly a I little did. bit. So, so at the end of today, uh, they kind of opened up the track to anyone who wasn't qualified or had already been DQ'd and kicked out because they didn't make the cut, I guess. Um, so I got to get out there, fly, you know, half a dozen packs. Um, and it's really, really fun. There's just the way this course works is you're just left, right, left, right. And you're actually stick banging. Like I very rarely hit the ends of my, <laughs> you know, my radio and it's just smacking it back and forth. Um, and it, and there's this incredible flow and there's always something that's happening that you're never just in a straight line going, okay, what's next? It's very technical. Right. But smooth at the same time. Yeah, easy to watch, easy to follow the lap. They have uh, some ladder gate setups, which is a gate with a gate on top of it. And mm -hmm. they, you either split us them or you ladder them. And they have them right. set up so that it's not all the same. So the track is very entertaining. And there's a lot of portions where you're kind of going from one gate to another, upside down, yeah. because that's the fastest there's, way to do it. There's a corkscrew section where you come from a split S mm -hmm. or a cork. Is it a ladder? Yeah. No, yeah. it's a split it's, S. It's a split S. So you go through the top gate, into the bottom gate, and then you go do in the opposite direction, and you're going over to a corkscrew, which is three gates side by side that you go over right. the top, through the gate, over the top, through the gate, over the top, through the gate, and then you come right out of that, almost do another flip to do right. another, to go back the opposite direction that you're going. It's, the, it's amazing. The corkscrew is really fun because you kind of just lock in, right? You, you find the position of your sticks and you just kind of hold it. And you just woo, 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 woo. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, the, the course is incredible. The races are incredible. Uh, and that was just qualifying. Top, we haven't even bracketed yet. The, so the way that the race works, they had 100 or so pilots sign up. And mm -hmm. the top 
80 pilots get separated into two separate brackets. So if you don't make it into the top 80, you don't get to fly tomorrow officially. They're going to have some open track time, but you don't get to race tomorrow. So they did give all those guys that were outside the top 80 some time to fly tonight, which, which is Which is who I was flying with. And we did some heads up racing. I got to get on the mic and do some mm-hmm. trash talking with the pilots that were out. A couple of guys were making you know funny jokes about their buddies that were racing, and that was a good time. But uh, the top 40 are the main bracket. Yeah, Bottom 40 is the, the consolation bracket. So tomorrow they're going to do some consolation brackets in the morning. So they have a consolation round winner. It gives everybody that's in the lower half of the field another chance to get out and race, improve their times, kind of show their medal, which I think is very cool. Well, and have that experience of bracket racing right. against other people, right? They spent this whole time here, and qualifying is one thing, but bracket racing is a whole new ball. I mean, game. that's why you come to right. big national level races or international level races. And so bracket, or the lower bracket's going to happen first, and they kick off the upper bracket. I want to say 4 p.m. is uh, what's posted. I, I whether so. or not that happens, we don't know, because the, the schedule changes with the weather. And then they're going to do the top 40 race. Now, if you seated top eight, you're automatically into the final 16. And then the ninth through 40th pilots will be racing another bracket, to determine the next eight. So the top eight from that bracket right, will move right. in with the preceded eight and make for the top 16 final bracket. And then they race four at a time, I think, until we find our 2019 right. multi-GP champ. Yep. They do a chase the ace format when they get down to the final four. It's a little confusing, but basically somebody has to win three times. Two times. Two times? Three times? Somebody Two has times. to yeah, we, someone has I should have looked this up. Someone has to win uh, multiple times so that it do, isn't just this fluke where it's like, oh, everyone crashed and he just right. won. It's you have to win so, twice or three times. If if they win once and another guy wins another time and another guy wins another time and it's, it can and go then, on for a very long time. And then the time. first guy wins again, then that guy is. It could same. essentially turn into a twelve race format because i think which it's three wins never that happened takes it, before which, which it takes three wins to take it if i'm not mistaken but they have an iron man rule so if the fastest qualifier wins two in a row it's over correct and if so that would be evan turner well go- i don't think it's qualifier i think it's during those bracket racing in the top 16 it's okay, the person right, that never right. loses and is stay sure. is they win every single one of their races so the way the bracket work is a double elimination four pilots up top two transfer to the winner's bracket bottom two transfer to the loser's bracket if you lose twice you're out correct so you always have like a second chance yeah so if you stay if you win each one of your heats moving into the final four and you win the first two it's over correct yeah yeah so I mean, it, it really just, it's set up in a way that even if you make a dumb mistake or crash or have a midair, it's not just the end of your racing here, right? Because that's the worst. Everyone knows that happens. Uh, and then just to have your your whole event end like that can be kind of devastating. Right. The, so there's a format change too. In qualifying, they go on the tone and they kind of take off either one at a time, depending on what they talk about in the flight line. But in racing, it's go on the tone and it starts immediately. So right. and it's two four helicopters take off right away and they chase around a pole and into a gate. So there's a lot of midairs that happen because these guys are all right on top of each other. Paces right. are all real close. Running the same lines. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. We're. I'm excited. 
I'm really, really excited. Bracket about racing it. is my favorite. I love bracket racing because, even like you said, you always have a, a chip and a chance. You, two losses yeah. before you're out. Even so. those super, super fast ones that are TQ, you know, they can have a midair and then hit a flag and then boom, they're out of the races. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's so much more uh, mental strategy and kind of just this fortitude of yourself to be able to just hunker down. And maybe fly 90%, right? You don't necessarily right. want to do that time trial 100% run. You want to dial it back a bit. Whatever you can fly the fastest you possibly can without making any mistakes. Like Evan was... Uh, we, we chatted with Evan a little bit. Um, Jordan and I got to take over the MultiGP Facebook page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you guys are Facebook fans, you ch- check out some fun stuff we did. But Evan said the field's so close that it's one mistake from the top of the right. field to the bottom of the field. Absolutely. So it really puts the pressure on. Even the fastest guys, sure, they're fast in qualifying, but bracket racing is a completely different deal. There's plenty of right. guys that do not qualify well that bracket race extremely well. Right. And, and it's... I'm I kind of one of those guys. Um, in previous MultiGP champs and IOs and mm-hmm. stuff, I'm normally like, you know, 30th or something in the qualifying, but I generally do pretty all right, right. in the brackets. And that's because it's, it's this game of... Pressure management. Well, pressure <laughs> management and playing your cards right depending on the heat you're in, mm-hmm. right? You walk up to the stand, you go, okay, I know this guy's faster than me. I know this guy's slower than me. So, oh, I'll go for second place this time. Because I'll still right. move on in the winner's bracket or whatever. And you, you really just have to play with a bit more strategy in bracket racing. And I think a big part of it comes down to the pace and the luck that I've seen. Like a mm-hmm. lot of these guys, they're not paying attention to what's going on. They're flying their own race too much in bracket racing. And they'll crash out when they have a pretty sizable lead. Right. They're half a lap ahead and then they just right. nick, a, nick yeah. a gate and, and then ruin their day. So it's, yeah, having a good spotter. I think it's pretty important, especially in bracket, in bracket racing. racing right, right. Because it, first place isn't necessarily what you want. You know, if you're in second place, you have more information. You know where first place right. is, right? You know where you are in the pack. Where if you're in first place in bracket racing, who knows where the rest of the racers are? Mm. They could be two miles behind you or they could be right on your butt. Yeah, so spotter's key for bracket racing, I think. Some of these teams that work together, they have the father-son teams, the mm-hmm. the the. The, like the B- team kids. BMS that, Thomas, right. for example, yeah. they they are an incredible combo. <laughs> the funny ones are the I, to me that I've noticed this weekend. There's a handful of dads that cannot be around their son, <laughs> their pilot, while they race. I, I, that's always real amusing. RC Cars was the same way. Um, Dakota Fend is a multi-time national champion, mm-hmm. and we would go to races, and his dad would be pacing in the parking lot Just while the races out. were going on because he couldn't watch him race. He worked <laughs> on all the cars, he built the cars themselves, but he he disappeared once racing started. So <laughs> shout out to Doug Fend. He was one of the first guys I ever noticed that did that. So that <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Everyone, you you know, they by the time this comes out. Uh, the event will be over, and you can go back. I'm sure there'll be all sorts of content about this event yeah. because it's it's an overload. Multi GP live streams the whole thing on their YouTube. You can find that real easy, and once it's over, it's posted. And then all of the pilots have right. tons of social media media. The vlog so life. You look up hashtag multi GP. It'll hashtag be on the Charlie Show. Yep, Charlie Show. Uh huh. Uh huh. I've been shooting some footage. Yes, you have for this weekend. I'll have a. I want to. It might turn into a three-part thing because there's been so much right. fun we've had. It's just been an incredible time. 
So qualifying's in the books. Tomorrow we'll kick off finals. And I th- I think the only other thing we need to tell the people about is how much fun we had with Mr. Mr. Matson on our yeah. adventure day. So what do we do? He came out, uh, picked... Hold on. Or you, you want to start from the beginning? My flight came in at 7 a.m. And Jordan was going to have to drive one hour to get me. So I said, Jordan, my flight gets in at 7. And I don't expect you to pick me up at 7. Because Jordan's not a morning person. No, I'm definitely not. He's not even 30 yet, folks. So he's not a morning person. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Excuse me. He, uh... I said, eight, nine, whatever. I'm one of those guys. I have plenty of things to do at the airport. I'm, I'm good to go. So in the chats, uh, I'm talking with Cody because he's one of the Hobby Wing fun ambassadors mm-hmm. that runs all the Hobby Wing gear and does lots of fun things. He hits me up. He's like, hey, would it be cool if I came and hung out with you guys on Tuesday? Uh, you know, he lives in Tampa area, I think. I'm like, of course. Right. And that's all I thought of it. And then we got to chatting some more. And I'm like, what time are you going to be going by? And are you driving by Orlando Airport? He's like, well, I could drive by Orlando Airport anytime you want. I'm a morning person because Cody's up at like dawn every day. Mm -hmm. So it worked out that Cody came to pick me up. On his way to pick me up, he hits a brick on the freeway, gets a flat tire, Uh puts his spare on, the spare blows. He still managed to pick me up at 8 a.m. Like he wasn't even late because I told him my flight landed at seven, so he was shooting for eight o'clock or for seven o'clock, so that I was, you know, no waiting because he's he's a rock star. Yeah, two, that, two flat tires. That day started on a downhill for him, that's for sure. So there was only one way up, right? Right. It started out so bad we could only have more fun. So what do we do? You guys came up here. You. I gave you the wrong code to the Airbnb. He sends me the code lock so that we wouldn't have to wake him up to get in. Um, and he, I, I remember waking up to hearing the beep, 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 Doo. and then like it not working. It's, it's a very distinct, doesn't yes, not correct yes. code. So I, I crawled out of bed, opened for, the door. No, he did Eyes not. barely open. I was Facebook calling him because we were out there for a minute trying to get right. in. So. <laughs> but anyways... Uh, what do we do? We kind of, we actually ended up just sitting here, catching up, chatting for like six hours or something. Cody and I had about an hour long car ride. So him and I were all fired up on FPV stories and life stories. Mm -hmm. Cause I've hung out with Cody a little bit at IO a couple years ago, but not an hour in the car with just the two of us. So if you guys ever get a chance to hang out with Code Red, dude has some stories. Oh, they're incredible. You know, he he used to be a, a a fighter, one of them octagon fighters. No. Yeah. Like MMA stuff? Yeah. Beast, dude. So he, he's got lots of fun stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we get here. We're all amped up already because we've been in the car for an hour. Jordan's in his... Uh, I'm like, wake. My eyes are barely open. Literally woke I, up by the Facebook call. I haven't brushed my teeth yet. But we ended up just kind of sitting around, catching up, talking, and we we're like, okay, let's go fly, let's go fly, let's go fly for hours and hours on end. No, it was let's go eat. And then oh, we, right. Right, because I was hungry. Right. We hadn't eaten anything yet. So we're trying to figure out if we should go eat or go grocery shopping. So we go grocery shopping because oh, yeah. Jordan is a gourmet chef, ladies and no. gentlemen. Cook, home cook. He, whatever. So we go to the grocery store. Jordan buys fresh fruits and vegetables. We get a little list of spices that we need because we didn't really check the rental house for what they had for cooking and stuff. So we, he bought the things we probably definitely wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Get back. They had all the pots and pans we needed. And Jordan made breakfast. I Co- did. Code Red made uh, 
espressos. Right, he has his own beans that he roasts. No, no, he travels with an espresso machine. Oh, I forgot about that. And an inverter in the back of his car so he can make espresso on the go. Wherever he is, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. So he's got his own brew that he's working on. Roasted coffee, beans, what did he call it? Code Red's uh, Expo Adder or something? I can't remember. (laughs) I renamed it Code Red Beans. So if you guys see it out there, you just call it Code Red Beans. It's going to be available through a bunch of FPV stores. Yeah, which is, I'm excited. It was really, really good. It was excellent. Yeah. It was very good. He was, so I'm sitting around, they're driving me around, they're making all the decisions. I feel like I'm on vacation. Jordan's cooking for me. Well, you kind of were. Cody's making breakfast, or making gourmet coffees. It It was a really great morning. So we finish up eating, and then hang out, chat up some more stories. If you guys ever hang out with pro pilots, ask them how they find their fly spots and then watch them do it. Uh, I lay on the couch with Google Maps satellite view open and I start scrolling around and zooming in, zooming out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. That's how I find my spots. And it worked out masterfully. We Mm. loaded up in Cody's car. He drove us to the first spot. It was a little hectic, more people than we're comfortable flying around with, and a huge walking path that kind of came out of the back. Right, right. Spots like that, people sneak up on you. So when you go find a new spot to fly, you want to be wary of the walking path, people, dogs. So we bailed on that and found another spot that was next to a baseball diamond. And it was like a little kind of retention pond kind of thing with trees in it. It looked like a flood zone. Right. It had an area for when it floods, so it was all uneven ground overgrown right. stuff no one's and, gonna walk there or right. walk their dog there but it's and perfect there, for fpv and there was a walking path beside it that right. was really lame and boring mm-hmm. and nobody was using it because there's a bunch of other parks that were much quote-unquote nicer than this one right so we show up walk down the sidewalk find the spot we go fly around and we got there as the sun was setting yeah so i mean the full day has already gone by because we just got carried away right chatting it up so much these guys have the best fpv stories <laughs> the best but what happened you flew a pack you and i flew together i flew a pack and no then, no we flew at the same time because cody didn't want to change right. his milliwatts that's right and then cody goes up to fly and he flies for about 30 seconds and then in the top of a tree in the back edge of the field it's out, it's out next to the streetish area i've never seen a quad more wedged than that so you know how the trees have the y branch like a slingshot grabber his gopro was sitting through the y and the rest of the quad was on the right. back the side. arms were like holding it in to it, the tree it, it was, was locked in perfectly yeah it was so we go to do quadcopter recovery mm-hmm. i had my rope with me he had a battery pack and we started whipping the rope up in the tree. And it was way up there. I mean, it had to be 50, 60 feet, maybe. Yeah, at least. Yeah. At least. And Cody's swinging the rope, throwing it up there again and again, missing. So Jordan's flying packs while we're on this recovery on the other side of the field away from us. And he comes over to see what we're doing in his copter, not on mm-hmm. foot. And he tries to ram Cody's copter out of the branch. with, And he got it good. I hit it really Solid. hard. Solid. So hard that I went, I probably shouldn't have done that. That might have just broken my GoPro. Right. Because Nothing happened. No. It was just the, the jammed quad in there. Just sat yeah. there. Long story short, after 15 or 20 minutes or so, we finally got the copter out after many attempts of throwing. We almost broke his radio with the rope. I had just picked up his goggles and radio, and I moved them next to the, you know, away from where the, mm-hmm. the, the battery was falling out of the tree mm-hmm. when it was coming out. 
Yeah, it was great. Finally got the copter out, went back. I flew another pack. Jordan, in the meantime, while that was happening, flew three or four packs yeah, on the other yeah. side. I was flying around. I mean, to me, it wasn't like, what am I going to do? Just laugh at you guys, throw a rope around? Well, no. I expected you to fly. Right. I it, I, I would have done fun. the exact same thing. It you was... only need two people for a quadcopter. And there's right only here. so often... Florida trees are very different than mm-hmm. the trees I have in my parts of the world. The trees out here are awesome. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're just the perfect gap... In every single one there's of them. A, there's a whole bunch of Ys, and there's a bunch of scraggle branches and ghost branches, but there's they're light and airy. Like I punched through a bunch of spots like, where I could I couldn't I could tell I couldn't fly through it in a straight line, but the copter's just gonna bust through all these little branches. And I did it a couple times. I got a ghillie suit. Uh-huh. Like yeah, you did. You got a big beard. Moss beardy stuff that grows on there wrapped up my whole copter. It was great. And then we came back, and they made me gourmet dinner also. Yeah, I made some stir-fry and some marinated Asian-style pork. It was super ginger. good. Yeah, it was tasty. That was really good. Yeah. Now I'm kind of hungry. Right. And then the next day, we made pasta and some sauces. Mm-hmm. Some meatball and pasta and mushrooms. and. I've been trying to talk Jordan into cooking with Jordan, so if you guys feel like that could be a thing, send us an email, rcstuff at hobbywing.com. If you have any questions about the show or the things that we talk about, you got maybe something you'd like us to discuss, a story you'd like to hear, let us know. Email address is rcstuff at hobbywing.com. Yeah, so I think that brings us to a wrap. A huge thank you to Hobbywing for you know helping us out, allowing us to do this podcast. Um, Once again, I'm Jordan Temkin, this is Charlie, uh, and thanks for stopping by.